0: Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom
1: Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to episode four of season two of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Tom Yashinsky head coach at Onalaska and WFCA Northern Vice President, and Paul Navinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Hey, gentlemen, we're, we're making history tonight. This is the first WFCA podcast being done, in part from Las Vegas. Um, how exciting is that? Well, at least it's exciting for me because that's where I am. Um, I've been out here a week and, and uh, having a lot of fun. I'll be out here for uh, another week. Um, Paul, Tom, anything you guys want to report on? It's happening in your neck of the woods.
0: I'm sure it's a lot, uh, a lot, lot warmer where you are. We're in the 30s here, and um, tell you what, I've never been to Vegas, but I, I think I'd rather roll dice on Friday night than uh, than than where you are. I
1: like to hold on to my cash. <laughs> well, I don't want to brag, but it was 70 degrees today and sunny. I spent some quality time out by the pool, and. uh the rest of the week is supposed to be the same. You know, the typical highest around um December-ish is, you know, it only gets up to about 62, 63. So it's it's above average. And and uh my wife and I are thankful for that. Paul, you got anything going well, I on? Just,
2: I want all the listeners to know that Tom is not betting any WFCA union dues or any money like that. It's it's he's losing his own money
1: yeah and, and losing plenty of my own money so I'll just leave it at that and that's the the extent of which we're going to talk about this Vegas trip anyway guys um you know we, we've tried to on this podcast um give out accurate information on things whether it be a WFCA happenings WIAA initiatives whatever the case may be that's related to football in our state and, and tonight we're going to take on another subject, another informational subject, and that's the picking of the WFCA All-State team. And the reason we're doing this, we we recently released um, the All-State team uh, about three weeks ago, I believe, and, uh, you know, whenever we do that, there's always like, well, how did this guy not make it, or that guy, or, you know, whatever, and it's not just, you know, the players or the players' families, but it's also coaches Wanting to know, you know, the, the process. I mean, there's there's a thought that this is some kind of clandestine uh, backroom operation, when in fact uh, it isn't that way at all. Um, you know, I believe the WFCA all-state process, selection process, has lots of layers to it, many checks and balances, and um, it's represented by coaches all the way, and coaches that represent all parts of the state and in all schools, large and small. Um, Perhaps where we would start is just a short history of the All-State team, at least as, as I know it. And, and Paul, you were a part of a lot of this. Um, so, um, you know, bear with me as I just kind of state, you know, how we got to where we are right now. Um, there used to be only one All-State team. All players, regardless of school enrollment or division uh, the school was in, were represented on one team. and And this team was chosen for a long time by district reps over a a two-day meeting. Um, It was a very time-consuming process. Uh, Offense was typically chosen on Saturday night and the defense on Sunday morning. Um, District reps traveled from all over the state to wherever the meeting was held. I I personally attended all state meetings in Stevens Point, Wisconsin Rapids, and the Wisconsin Dells. Um, Paul, I'm sure you remember those meetings. Those things went forever.
2: Well, sometimes you would play a Saturday playoff game get in your car and take off and have the meeting and I I really I mean I thought the process was good but there was a lot of issues uh with the process I think which have been cleared up in the current process I haven't done this for about nine years but the process was very long and very complicated
1: yeah and you know one of the things that that I did when when I was uh, president of the WFCA, I explored and made a proposal that um, if we could do the all state voting um, prior to the actual meeting, where you would have more time, maybe over several days, a coach could see the the nominees have all the statistics, all the information needed. And uh, we went to that. And I, again, I think that took away some of that time consuming uh, weekend stuff that we used to do. And quite frankly, has saved the WFC a lot of money, not having to get hotel rooms for uh, the weekend for, for our representatives that were making those, those uh, travels and, and doing the voting. Um, so presently, we, we have Um, Three teams that are chosen. We have a large school All-State, we have a small school All-State, and we have an eight-player All-State team. And these teams are chosen now by region reps, Um, reps specifically representing large, small, or eight-player conferences. Um, These reps also choose the offensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and assistant coach of the year. And what I like most about the WFC All-State team is that the team is chosen by coaches because who knows players better than the coaches? And as I've already mentioned, there's many layers to it, a lot of checks and balances. You know, it starts at the All-Conference level, it proceeds to the All-Region, and finally it goes up to All-State. And with us today... Um, to help make sense of all of this is uh, Mike Ganevok, the very successful head coach at McWanago High School and the Region 3 large school rep. Mike, thank you for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. Hey, um, before we get into tonight's tonight's topic, I, I just want to Tell you, Mike, how much I uh, enjoy watching your McWanago teams play. Your your teams play hard. They're physical. Um, obviously, they know what they're uh, they're doing. Um, you really got it going over there. How's your off been so far?
3: It's been great. Uh, you know, as, as soon as we we
1: lost in the playoffs, we were back at it right away.
3: In fact, we never really stopped. I'm really fortunate to have a supportive administration who. Who allows me to, to train kids during the school day in the weight room. So, you know, our kids have been lifting year round. So we we really never truly have an off season. And we want our kids competing in winter sports and in spring sports as well. So uh, multi sport athletes, we believe that's where it's at. And I don't know if we'd be able to really compete at McGuanago if we weren't sharing athletes.
1: Yeah. Um there are probably few schools, but there are some schools that could get away with just having football players, uh basketball players, track, et cetera. Um, Mike, you've been involved in this for a while now, um, as a rep. And uh you know, we've talked about how there's different steps in this process. So um let's start at the at the all conference meeting. Um, give our listeners some insight what a typical all conference Conference meeting, um, what what it's like, and then how that starts the process for all state.
3: Sure, um,
1: I've been fortunate to to be in at, when I was at Fond du Lac
3: High School, uh, and we had our all conference meeting. We actually met face to face, and we do all the voting uh, at that time. Um, you, you know, from first team, second team, honorable mention, etc., and then we vote for players of the year, coaches of the year. Uh, now moving down to McQuaunago, and the class gate's a little bit different, wherein when we meet, uh, all the voting has already been completed. Um, and then it, it, it's it's a relatively short meeting. Um, in the Classic 8, we talk about um, players of the year if we want to shuffle anybody around. Because uh, like, for instance, this year, uh, we had a whole bunch of power five guys at the offensive line level. Um, so we adjusted that a little bit and, and added a guy at the first team and took one away from second team. Um, and then we we as a as conference coaches we get together and we decide okay who's gonna who's gonna move forward to the all region level.
1: You know, and and that's you know one of the things that and and, and Tom can attest to this um, that we talked about at the last executive board meeting we had. Um, you know, we we desire uniformity. Uh, we we want everybody to kind of do the same thing you know, at their all conference meeting and moving up to all region, et cetera. And where things fall apart, or maybe things aren't as smooth as they should be is because we don't have uniformity. Tom, would you agree with that, that that happens at times?
0: Yeah. And some people don't always understand exactly what a certain position should be listed as, right? So um, a fullback or tight end in all state is a kid that is is, is a very strong blocker, is a is a you know a tight end will obviously will catch the ball some um but they need to be attached to the line of scrimmage and whatnot um and you'll see people who nominate like a wishbone fullback as a fullback and that's not what the all-state team's looking for that kid if he's a 1200-yard rusher as a wishbone fullback uh he should be nominated as a running back you know so sometimes people don't do um justice to their conference by making sure that their reps are telling them nope that kid needs to go to all region as a running back not a fullback he's not going to advance as a fullback uh and and yeah like you said uniformity of just getting the same number of positions nominated at certain at, at different conferences so that uh people are, are putting forth the right guys for all regions so that they can advance because uh we, i think we've all seen it where somebody will say hey how was this kid not all state he's a power five kid he's a he's a scholarship kid whatnot and people will say, well, he, he wasn't even nominated. I mean, that's, it happened at the region level where somebody wasn't nominated and if he doesn't get on the ballot, we we don't even have the opportunity to vote for him.
1: Yeah, you know, that. Uh, Paul, go ahead. I would say, Tom
2: Yashinsky, you're absolutely correct. And again, when I was leading coaching, this process was starting. So the process really breaks down at the very lower levels, at the all-conference level. And that's where I think the WFC doesn't have a lot of control of, especially with bylaws, because as, as my kid, some people meet in person. Some people meet over the internet and vote, and they don't always get the details out. Like Yashinsky was saying, one year we had a kid that was going to Wisconsin and he wasn't even really pushed past the all-conference meeting um, because I, I don't know if miscommunication people didn't know what was going on with him and stats stats are sometimes mixing apples and oranges. You need to be careful with stats because you don't know who they're playing. When did he get the stats and stuff like that? And so you really have to have a good discussion. That's why I'm an advocate of, of actually having the coaches meet at the all conference meeting face to face. I'm not saying have they can't vote before that, but they should meet and they really should have a common discussion about who are our best players that need to
1: be pushed at the all region area. And Mike, give us some insight then, uh, maybe citing the, you know, what you guys did in the classic eight. Um, How did you come upon the guys that you wanted to uh, move forward to the all region meeting? Was that something that every coach participated in? Was that something that was done after some coaches had left already? Um, You know, how, how did it work for you guys?
3: Yeah, every coach was present when we decided. Uh, I fill out the form right at the all-conference meeting, and, and that's the last thing I do. I, I, I say coaches before anybody leaves, we got to make sure that we're all, uh, you know, in agreement here with with who's going to be pushed at the all-region meeting. Because uh, not only am I at the all-region meeting, but um, Ken Krause or Muskego, he's our conference rep, so he's present as well. Um, if, if you're unanimous in, in our league, you're moving forward. Um, We we obviously feel pretty pretty highly about our conference, Um, so we try to get as much representation on the all-region teams as possible from from teams out of the classic eight. So we just go through position by position, um, depending on the vote getters. Uh, You know, quarterbacks always a tough one uh, because you know if you if you we have two conference all first team all conference quarterbacks in the classic eight, but if you're trying to push both of them forward. Uh, to to our region, it, you know, it's taking away votes. So we we always just try to get, you know, you know, the 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 front runner, the clear cut favorite just to just to go forward because, you know, quarterback's a position where, you know, there's only one one dude there. And and uh, now you're coming in, you're at the all region meetings, you're joining the Southeast Conference and the in the, in the Parkland, in the Woodland, in the Southern Lakes. And you, you know, it's you're splitting hairs at that point.
1: Paul?
2: And Mike alluded to this, and I, I think this is part of the issue. Sometimes people are like, well, how could that quarterback not make all-region? I'll say, well, he wasn't all-conference because there was a better one, and that conference only picks one quarterback. And so people have to understand that. that That is, again, a local conference issue that you can't. Because if you're not all-conference, you're not going to all-region. That That's something people need to understand.
1: You know, and just a general question that I'm going to throw out to the three of you. Um, It's my opinion that there was a time where being moved on to all region and possibly making all region was highly thought of. Um, What I see happening now is I, I don't know that there's the same value placed on all region that there once was. And I think that can muddy the picture then when you're moving from all region to all state, you know, like if the process at the conference level is to move the very best, I mean, the most deserving from the conference onto all region, then the same thing should be happening at um, the region meeting. You know, not everybody that gets brought to all region should end up being all region. That's not the, the intent, you know? So, um, you know, just sort of generally speaking and Mike, we'll start with you you know what are your thoughts having hosted the the all region meetings and and running uh, that you know how do you think that has that is viewed now and perhaps how that's been changed through the years
3: I probably agree with you where I think as coaches we we highlight the success and say you know what being all region is a big deal Um, because it's not just the classic eight anymore you're uh, or the conference you play in it's it, you're, you're combining three or four other leagues and now you're, you're being voted as, you know, the best in your region. And, um, you know, there's a lot of good football in, in, in every part of the state and, you know, Southeastern Wisconsin has got a lot of, a lot of kids and a lot of great players. So, it, you know, all region is, is something that should be celebrated. Um, and, and, you know, personally I've had, I've had scholarship kids, that haven't gotten past the all-region level, um, so it, you know, unfortunately, not every kid's going to be all-state, and um, they're not going to be recognized. But it, it, I don't think it it should take away from the fact that you know all-region's a big deal, and, and and you're one of the best in your area.
1: Paul or time and uh, any thoughts on
0: that? You know, when we do uh, our our all-region, we always like to try and and really. Really limit the number of, of nominations to only the kids that we strongly feel are all region kids. Um, not nominating just to nominate, you know. Um and, and and our group is is pretty good, I think, about not over-nominating and really picking who is the best linebacker. And if we have two that we really think are good, we'll put them both up. But if not, we have that discussion and say, all right, if we send too many, it really does muddy the vote. And it and and then neither of your kids end up getting it. So find the best one and, and, and put your, you know, and, and, and as a conference celebrate that you have kids that are getting recognized, even if it's not your kids, it's still good for your conference to get recognized and show that you do play a good quality of football where you're at.
2: I, I, I left the process right when it was going small and large and that process changed things a little bit. I think it's good, but it changed things because when it was all one group you had a lot of players you had a lot of players and it was hard to distinguish who could be and I don't know if the small and large what the impact has been um I don't I don't know the ram I was out of coaching when that was going to the next level so I'm, I'm just wondering but when I was there when there was just one team it was really tough it was tough to make all region it was definitely almost impossible to make all state you really had some great players
1: yeah, and, and going back to those all-day um, that you'll, you'll certainly remember, um, even when the All-State team was voted on and it was basically picked, we always left slots open. So um, let's say I'll just pick a position offensive line. Let's say there wasn't a lot of small school kids uh, being recognized as, as All-State. You know, we, we made sure that we got some small school All-State kids on for instance, you know, and and we were careful about that, but you're right. It's, it's changed now when you have a a large school, a small school and an eight man, um, you know, you you have a lot more players that are being recognized. Um, and there's probably, you know, because of that, there's probably more people out there that think uh, more players should be recognized. Paul?
2: And and I gotta tell you, I've been retired now for eight years. So, you know, I've watched Mike's team put both when he was at Fondi and down there. I've watched your team play. I've watched Tom's team play. So I travel to state and I can see. So I'm not mixing apples and oranges. Some coaches can't do that. They see yeah. their area and that's all they see. Yeah, you can watch huddle, but we all know that sometimes huddle film doesn't always give you exactly what's how special that kid is. And that, that's yeah. Instead, well, And I'll tell you, one of the
1: And i think that's one of the things i really like about what's being done now as what was done previously you know um being an executive board member i also vote um like the reps do but i only vote on the large school I, i don't vote on the small school or the eight man um you know and why you know i familiar with large school versus I don't see a lot of small schools I I just remember being you know in in Wisconsin Rapids for instance and you're looking at you know a small school kid from up north it's hard for me to you know I see the statistics but it's hard for me to know you know what impact that player really had on his team and on his conference and where he stacks up against others Tom
0: And I think that's an important thing to to delineate between is because the the large school game and the small school game really are different. Like the numbers, if you voted simply on stats, the the numbers really are different because there are some kids that absolutely dominate small school games because of run heavy offenses at times because they play both ways. And 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 if you went solely on stats, um, they would look a lot better than some of these large school kids. But some of these large school kids, like I don't think the stats really are, are apples to apples when you look at the classic eight to a lot of other conferences, right? Like if you run for hundred yards in a game in the classic eight, you had a night because they got some dudes on the other side of the ball. And 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 not everybody can say that. Um, I know you know I'm I'm not knocking other conferences by any means, but it's just different. Like when 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 Mike talks about you got power five kids all across the line in the classic eight. We don't have a power five kid in our conference at any position, you know, so it's, it's just different in different areas. So you do have to recognize that there are those differences.
2: And I got to say, I'm not being offensive, but we have such rapid turnaround of coaches. It's hard for them to understand that sometimes it takes two, three, four years to see a division one player play and you go, Oh, that's what a power five kid looks like and plays like because some people think, oh, he's six eight, three hundred 300 pounds, but he's not may not be a division one player. And then until you go to camps, until you go to all star games and you physically see a, a division one kid, you're like, oh, OK, I get it now. You know,
1: they're not most. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, th- take the time and and go to the combine in April. Yeah, well, and, and I was... one of the six hundred kids that's there, and then you can and, look around and you can say, "Oh, that, oh that's what a Division One kid." And looks Tom,
2: like. you go all the time, and do you see a super amount of coaches going?
1: Well, there's a there's a fair number of coaches there, uh, but to say that you know every every region of the state or every uh, conference is represented or something like that, that that's not the case. But But I think, uh, I think that's
2: also where we get the arguments. They're like, Oh, he was the best in our conference, but didn't go anywhere. Well, sometimes you got to see what the best is in the state.
1: Yeah. One thing I'll say about this and, and um, you know, again, having participated in this, you know, you might be a power five kid, but you might be a power five kid based on potential. Versus based on what you've actually done, you know, because you're six, eight, and three hundred pounds, you might have a scholarship. But I've seen those kids play, and they're not nearly as good as this six foot two, two hundred and forty pound kid, you know, who's playing off offensive line, also. So I, I, I've, I always bristle sometimes when oh the kid's got a scholarship. We, we've got to put him on all state. No, you don't. It doesn't mean he's one of the top eight offensive lineman for large school or one of the top eight offensive linemen for small school you know there's still ability and how you play that has to factor in there so there are a lot of different layers to this and a lot of different ideas and what I'd like to do is is get back to the process and and so Mike you had the opportunity to talk about the all conference meeting Um, give us an idea then um, all region. So now you have conferences coming together, you have conference reps coming together, and now you have the region reps who are running the meeting. Uh, g- just give us some insight and in, in what that meeting is like.
3: Yeah. Well, with, with region three down in Southeast Wisconsin. So we, we include the Woodland, the Parkland, uh, Southern lakes, class Gate, and the Southeast conference. And uh, so, so we all get together at central location. It's been new Berlin West the past couple of years. Um, and, and then once, once we start going through players, um, the, the conference reps will, will speak on behalf of those players. Um, and obviously they advocate for the kids, they advocate for their conference. And then, um, the, those coaches in the meeting vote for it. I do not, I do not vote for anybody at the all region meetings. Um, I simply am there to administer the meeting, uh, to collect votes, tally the votes. And and then we go from there. Um, so. The the process is it's it's coaches making these decisions um, and there's a lot of crossover down by us with non-conference games. Um, So we know a lot of the kids that are already um, up for all region from the different conferences Um, and then, you know, having their the the region reps speak on behalf of those young men. um, It just kind of solidifies things as we move forward and and then push them to the all state level.
1: So, Mike, of the number of nominees that came to all region, and I you, I don't even know if you have the number in your head somewhere, but, you know, let's say that there were the number of conferences that, you know, there were 60 players that were brought to the all region from the various conferences. How many players of that actually made the all region team? So the WFCA, they, they you know, they they give
3: us some leeway on that. Uh they give a recommended number um by position as well as total teams. So uh it's it's slightly over half the kids that um are pushed from the okay. uh, this year was about 50 percent in our region because the classicade had more nominees uh for the our region level than say the Woodland did. Um, but it was about 50 percent of the kids that that were nominated for All-Region actually received the recognition.
1: Of the 50% of the kids that received All-Region, how many of those were then, because you go through the same thing you did at the conference meeting, okay, now here's our All-Region team, but who are the the very best kids on our All-Region team that we want to send up for All-State nomination? How how many of those uh, were there approximately?
3: So we look at votes when it comes to that, if, if we look for clear cuts in the voting. Um, so, for instance, with the old line this year, the the six that we sent to the all state level, all six of them had power five offers, multiple power five offers. Um, and and there was a clear cut right after that. Um, so it went from, you know, our, our top vote getter was. I think it was 30 so we were like right around 30 29 27 26 25 and then it went down to 12. so we said this is a clear cut these six are going to move to the all-state level um the rest of them will not receive they may receive some all region because they got votes but they will not move to the all-state level and i'm uh, inside linebacker was another one where we were loaded this year down by us um with division one kids and really really good football players too um, and I think we pushed four through at inside linebacker uh, because, again, there was a clear cut from between that fourth and fifth guy. So it all depends. We we go with the, the recommended number that are pushed from region to all state. Uh, we don't we've never exceeded it, um, but we've always been in that 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 recommended number that that they're looking for. Paul,
2: uh, Mike. Uh, at the all region meeting, when you make the decision to go like your inside linebackers, you obviously list them one, two, three, four. So the coaches have a discussion. Who's your number one? Who's your number two? Who's number three? And I'm sure that discussion is probably pretty heated.
3: Yeah, that's that's exactly it, coach. Um, So we have it on a on a overhead. Um, we're telling it on Google Sheets as the votes come in. So every single coach can see every position, every kid where they stack up with the votes. So uh, you can't vote for your own conference at all region meetings. So for instance, Ken Krause can't vote for anybody in the classic eight. Um, Bill Young can't vote for anybody in the parkland. Um, Louie Brown can't vote for anybody in the Southeast. And then once we tally those votes, those clear cuts become um, it's pretty easy actually, actually um, because Uh, there's, it's every once in a while, it'll be fuzzy and we'll have some, some discussion. We did this year at, at two positions. um, But at the end of the day, we just followed, we, we agreed um, as a group, what was best uh, as we move forward to the all state level and came to a consensus.
1: You know, for years um, we discussed whether or not we needed a, a small school all state team. And, and, um, you know, we had uh, at least one very serious um, discussion probably about 15 years ago, maybe longer. Um, and it was felt at that time that we didn't need a small school and a large school all-state team, that having one team would suffice and that we could probably take care of some of that um um, longing for more kids on all state, or maybe more representation from small schools by making a bigger deal out of all region, you know, that, you know, let's make the all region thing, you know, uh, really important. And, um, I think as the all region, and, and again, it's not that it's, it's, it's not worthwhile. It certainly is worthwhile, but as the thought started to be, you know, all region just wasn't doing it like it once did. And, um, you know then the thought was okay let's have a large school and a small school and I, I think um you know since we've gone to that and now of course with eight player football you know you have three all state teams um i really think we've got a great representation of the best players in the state um you know certainly there are some that could have been there for whatever reason and, and weren't but I, I think we've done a really good job um you know in that and and tom correct me and, and Mike, but aren't there over 90 if, you, if we put together all of the all-state players, large school, small school, eight player, there's over 90 players that are being recognized, isn't there? You are correct. Yeah, yeah I
0: think it even gets, when you add in the eight man, I think you might get close to 100. Um, I, I remember sitting okay. at the meeting with Dan Brunner and he's he's counting chairs to know how many spots we got at Lambo for everybody um but it does yeah. w- when you add in the eight-man I think it gets it, it gets up there yeah you're right and, and they're so, all well deserved right
1: right and and that's and that's really the point you know and 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 that's far more players being recognized than used to be recognized when there was just one all-state team so you know again you know here's the process. You know, it starts at the all-conference meeting where the the conference coaches vote. They decide who are the very best players in their conference. The players are rank ordered at the all-conference meeting. And only the highest vote-getters, the most deserving, get moved on to all-region where that that process happens again. Just because you go to all-region doesn't mean you're um, going to get – you know an all-state recognition um and then of course for all state um the, the region reps and, and the executive board vote and again the highest point totals um are ranked um one through whatever with the top you know six running backs or top three quarterbacks whatever the position requires so paul i think you had your hand up did you want to add something to that That's a
2: question for all three of you because i've been out of this for a while but the conference that I was in used to always have offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, lineman of the year. And that had a lot of weight going to the regional because they're all, oh, that was the best offensive player in the conference, which kind of, you know, put a signal that, Hey, that's our best player. Is that still the yeah. case?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's still the case. Yeah. Mike, you are going to, I, Did you have something to add to that?
3: Yeah, it's
1: coming out of our league, if you're the
3: offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year, you're almost assured
1: of getting all region and you're probably getting pushed forward to All-State. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I do, and not to give away secrets, you know, my secrets, but um, when I vote for All-State, and I've done this for years now, I always look at the region rank. You know, so one of the first things I'll do, and again, I don't know, again, offensive linemen just because there's so many of them that that uh, make the first team. But, you know, if you're the number one or the number two ranked offensive lineman in your region, that carries a lot of weight for me. You know, if, if, if coaches from, you know, Tom Yashinsky's neck of the woods are saying that this kid is the top in the region, well that that carries a lot of weight for me and that that guy, you know, should get some recognition. Now, of course, where it got thrown out this this year was in in Mike's region where again you had all those power 5 guys at offensive line, you know, um the the, the number 5 ranked guy in your region is going to Wisconsin. You know, he's a four-star and he's going to Wisconsin and he was the fifth ranked in the region you know, and so sometimes you can't necessarily just rely on that, but I know that's always uh, carried a lot of weight with me because I respect what coaches think, and I respect what coaches think when they're representing the area that they're from. They know better than I, who's truly deserving of that, so, um, you know, what else is there, guys, to, to, you know, maybe explain? What have we missed? What haven't we touched on, Paul?
2: Well, I don't know if it's explaining, but again, those whole podcast is always about discussions. If you feel you have some input or something that might improve the process, get it to your WFCA district rep and let them bring it to a meeting, let the discussion happen. I, I really discourage people from just complaining about, oh, that kid got shafted or whatever. I think help the process. If you know something that's better as Tom has alluded, when I started this process in the, in the 80s and 90s, it was complicated and it wasn't the best. I think the process right now is pretty good, but I'm sure there's ways or things you could improve. If you have any input, get it to your district rep.
1: Yeah, and and that's just I, I think great advice not only for you know all state stuff, but anything um, regarding uh, the WFCA. You know, it's just yeah, you you. you First of all, understand the process, or understand what you're talking about, and then if you've got a better idea, certainly bring that forward. Uh, Tom Yashinsky, have we have we missed anything that we should be um, you know mentioning on this uh, podcast on the All State selection process? I think the only other
0: thing then would be you know your your state player of the year things and and how those happen and okay. and those happen you know kind of by a recommendation of of the the coaches of just who who do they feel are the ones that are most worthy. And then us as an executive board narrow that ballot down and then and then we vote. And um and the vote is put out to all the region reps and 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 the executive board. And you know you have your ballot of three or four players that that you feel are the the most worthy of being on that. And then you find who your offensive and defensive players of the year are um for each level um you know for small school and large school uh and and you know obviously there's a little bit of discussion just to get that make sure you get the the right information out because not everybody has seen those those, each of those kids play um but you you try to pick the right kid and there's always going to be somebody who somebody disagrees with right that that's going to happen but um but that's that's part of it and and you know, there's a lot of good players in the state, so it's not everybody's going to be happy with with who gets chosen.
1: Well, and as a part of that process, too, for uh players of the year and even coaches of the year, assistant coaches of the year, you'll have somebody who will speak on the behalf of that player or coach, somebody that's from that region, perhaps from that conference, or has competed against them in a non-conference situation. Somebody always speaks on the behalf of those players. So again, it's, it's not just looking at statistics or just looking at the fact that it was the highest vote getter at their position, but it's somebody is also speaking on the behalf of those players or coaches, which I think adds a lot. You know, again, firsthand testimony to me has always been um, very, very, important when I, when I vote on anything. So so what I'm hoping is that we've taken some of the uh, mystery out of the all state process, and and that people understand that it's a well thought out process, one that's worked for a number of years. And uh, whenever we get a chance to improve it, we, we certainly will. And and uh, Mike, I, I want to thank you again for being a part of the podcast and and bringing the insight that you did to it. Um, continued, best of luck with your off season. Um, you guys going to be loaded again next year. we'll see we graduate we graduate
3: a bunch but yeah you know our our kids are are working really hard right now um then you know they they they're all about you know creating their own legacy so um it's we're gonna have a battle every week in our league and and you know we're just doing what we can now to hopefully prepare for it and you know 265 days from kickoff
1: there you go you got it down to the day. Congrat that that's that's a coach for you right there and and Tom and, and Paul, um, again thank you for for uh, co-hosting this uh podcast with me. I, I appreciate all the work and insight that you guys bring to this and uh, to our listeners. Um, again, if you've got any ideas or thoughts on what you would like to see covered in the podcast, uh, let myself or Paul or Tom know. And, and you know, we're always interested in your thoughts and in your comments. And uh, with that being said, uh, good night, everyone, and, and thank you for listening.